Well, you know, there's an old saying that says that there are four things that will, it's just guaranteed to let you down. However, I can't remember exactly what those four things are. So guys, do you happen to have a, like a slide or anything that could help me? What are the four things guaranteed to always let you down? If you could like find that for me, because I just can't remember what it is. Could you uh, throw that up there? On the screen for me. Yeah, four things that will always, always let you down. Elevators, escalators, stairs, and Penn State University. How about my turps yesterday? Come on. Give me a, yeah, yeah. Oh, you guys are actually being nice. <laughs> I wasn't expecting you to be nice about that. Very good, very good. Uh, see, I thought you may be offended by my, that saying, and that's why we're starting a brand new series today called Unoffendable, Right? Now, if you think about it, hasn't 2020 been the year of offense? Isn't there just been so many things? I think back to what we've experienced so far this year. The year started out with a global pandemic, which caused an economic meltdown, which canceled all of your plans. And it means that now you're stuck in your home trying to figure out what is Common Core Math and how do I teach it to my kids? At the same time, you've had to take the spare room of your home, turn it into an office because your boss said you're not allowed to come in to work any longer. That was followed quickly then by racial unrest in our country, rioting in our country. And, you know, most of the time, if, you know, things are stressful, your solace has always been to go to, to Facebook and look at cat memes. But now you can't even go there because it's just filled with crazy people saying all kinds of crazy things. And, oh yeah, did I happen to mention that all of 2020 took place during a presidential election year? Where one guy lied all the time and the other guy was basically like the guy in Weekend at Bernie's just sort of propping him up? I mean, 2020 is the year of, how many say that 2020, it's been a year of ripe for offense? Oh. How many of you would say that you've been offended at some point during 2020? How many of you are offended by either my Penn State joke or my Biden or Trump joke? <laughs> I intentionally threw those in there to try to get you to see how easy it is for us to get offended by things. Now, those you knew I was joking, right? <laughs> okay, the, the Penn State one, I wasn't joking. I mean, yeah. <laughs> but it's so easy to get offended. It's so easy to get hurt. And I knew that after the election, no matter who won, people were going to go crazy, people were going to be offended. And so I thought, man, this is the perfect time to talk about offense and how we can deal with it. Because Satan knows that this is his number one tool that he has to try to trip you up and mess you up. Because he knows that even if you get lucky and you avoid one, there's five more lined up right behind it. Think of just the last couple of weeks, things that you could have been offended by, political things, COVID things. Maybe you got cut off in traffic. Maybe a coworker said something to you. Maybe a family member did something to you. You saw something posted on Facebook and you got offended. You were hurt by it. How dare they say that? How dare they do that? And so again, Satan knows that he can get you. 
He can get you. There's all kinds of things out there. You got cut off in traffic. How many of you have run into a Karen recently? Yeah, if you don't know what I'm talking about, Google it. And by the way, I feel bad. Where's our Karen? There's our Karen. I feel bad for people named Karen because Karen is like the nicest, sweetest lady ever. <laughs> but yet her name has been made into a meme. But how many of you know what I'm talking about? You've run into a Karen that's out there. Yeah. And you're like, okay, Karen. <laughs> it's just so easy for us to get offended. It's everywhere. And so in Luke chapter 17, Jesus is talking to his disciples and he's, he's talking about what it means to, to live a fruitful life, how to live a life that's honoring and glorifying to God. And, and here's what it says, Luke 17, 1. Then Jesus said to his disciples, it is what? It is impossible that no offenses should come. In the Greek, that word there for offense is scandalon. And what it means is it's the bait that you use to put into a trap and then that you know, that, that's what triggers the trap, that when the animal takes that bait, now it's trapped. Scandalon. And that's what this offense is. It's scandalon. It's scandalous. Now, in the Thurston household, we have two different types of traps that we use. One is mouse traps, and the other is a groundhog trap. And the, the reason we do that, you know, we're, we're out, we got woods everywhere and everything, so we occasionally get some mice, so we put the cheese in for the, the, the mice, and then we put uh, apples in for the groundhog. And what happens is they come up, and it's sitting right there on the little, the little trigger, and they take it, and one is meant to kill, the other is meant to cage. But the result is the same. They've taken the bait. And what Jesus is saying to us is, look, it's impossible to never come across any bait that's going to offend you, but don't take the bait because it's going to kill you, it's going to destroy you, it's going to trap you. Again, Satan knows that he can get you on this almost every single time. Remember, Jesus said that Satan has come to steal and to kill and destroy your life. And the author of the, the book of Hebrews at one point says that it's sin, which offense, when you hold on to offense, when, when you want to get revenge, when you want to give them a piece of your mind, when you want to be angry, when you want to hold on to bitterness, that becomes sinful. And the, the writer of Hebrews, he says, look, sin so easily entangles us and snares us. You're trapped within it. And so we've got to be very, very careful. Again, it's impossible to avoid it, but what I want to do in this series is talk about, okay, when we come across it, what should we do? And the image I want you to have in your mind for this particular series is a bear trap. Bear traps are, are huge, and again, you, you, you put that bait there in it, and when the bear steps in it, it is trapped. And the reason I want you to think of a bear trap during this series is some of you think I'm above being baited in. I'm above ever being offended. But listen, bears are big and powerful and strong. And you may think that you're big and powerful and strong as well, but you can still fall into this trap. You've got to be very, very careful. We have got to learn how to be unoffendable. Again, what 
offense does is it puts bitterness into our hearts and into our lives. How many of you know some bitter people? You ever come across some bitter people? How many of you have ever been bitter yourself about something? You, yeah, be honest, yeah, we all have, right? We've all been bitter. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever come across a person that they go, you know what really made me a better person in life was when I got bitter? Have you ever come across anybody like that? No. So we, we can't hold on to offense. We've got to let it go. We've got to get around it. We've got to step over the trap. Here's how I put it on your outline. God's plans for my future are too big to hold on to an offense from my past. Let me say that again. God's plans for my future are too big to hold on to an offense from my past. How many of you are going, okay, Gilbert, I believe that, but how do I avoid offense, and what happens if I do get offended? Well, that's what we're going to talk about throughout this series. Today, we're going to talk about just the little small offenses, and then as the series goes on, we'll work up to some bigger and bigger and bigger types of things. Again, we, we want to get to the place where, you know, if the coworker rubs us the wrong way, we're able to get over it. If we see a, a post on Facebook, and it offends us in some way, that it, we're, we quickly get over it. You know, what are some other little small offenses? Guys, it may be this, you know, you, you're sitting there and you're looking over at your spouse and you're going, how you doing? <laughs> and she says, leave me alone, I'm tired. <laughs> and, you know, you could get offended by that, you know. You thought that you were Brad Pitt and turned out you were Cherry Pitt. But anyway... Ladies, maybe for you, you know, it's that honey-do list, and there's something on the list that your husband has been promising to take care of, but yet, here we are. It's another weekend. It's almost gone. We're Sunday. It still hasn't been done, and it's be very easy to get offended by that. So what, what do we do about these little small offenses that come our way? Well, here's what I want to I share with you. That whether it's some of the things we talked about, it's something that, you know, somebody cuts you off in traffic, it's a teacher at your kid's school that you think is treating your kid unfairly. Here, here's the point. Look at your outline. And by the way, welcome to those of you online. I haven't even said it, uh, hi to you guys yet. Great to have you here. Go to the little button in the bottom uh, left-hand corner. Actually, in the uh, top left-hand corner. No, right-hand corner. I'm backwards there. Up here. It'd be up here for you. Uh, it's called Talk Notes. And if you click that, you can uh, follow along with the outline as well. But here's what I put on the outline. Avoiding an offense is impossible, but living offended is a choice. Again, Avoiding an offense is impossible, but living offended is a choice. All of us have opportunities on a daily basis to be offended, but you have a choice, and how am I going to respond to that offense? Are you going to take the bait? Are you going to step in the trap like everybody else in the world does? Or are you going to learn how to be different? Are you going to say, God, you know what? I don't want to step into that bear trap there. I, I just I don't want to do it. Is there anything I can do, God? Well, you know, thankfully, God's Word has a lot to say about this very topic. And so there's one scripture we're going to look at here today. It's found in Proverbs chapter 19, verse 11. I think it's really going to help you. Look at it with me. Proverbs 19, 11, a person's wisdom yields patience. It is to one's glory to overlook an offense. Again, a person's wisdom yields patience. It is to one's glory to overlook an offense. 
We're going to take some time today to break this first down. It's very, very short, but there's five important things that I believe that we can learn from just these couple words here in Proverbs. So here, here's the first thing if you're taking notes. Not everyone overlooks an offense. Only wise people do. Again, the scripture said a person's wisdom is what yields patience. So not everyone overlooks an offense. Only wise people do. I want you to think about who is the wisest person that you know. Or maybe you know a couple of wise people. People online. Who, who do you know? Who's, who's somebody that's really wise? And as you think about that person, I want you to ask yourself, hmm, how often do I see them offended? And even when they get offended, do they hold on to it for a long time? And the answer is, as you're thinking about that person, it's probably, no, they don't. They're not easily offended. They easily get over it. Number two, when I overlook an offense, it will be to my glory. Now you're going, Gilbert, what in the world does that mean? Well, in the Hebrew, the little phrase there, to one's glory, is the Hebrew word tifrah. And it means to shine or be made magnificent. Think about the people that we celebrate as heroes in our culture. Aren't they often people that in some way they got offended in a major way, but then they were able to overcome that offense? And that's why we hold them up as a hero is because they are able to overcome it. They, they didn't step into the trap. They didn't take that bait. You know, one person I always think of when it comes to this particular topic is Jackie Robinson. How many know who Jackie Robinson is? All right, for those of you that, that may not know who he is, Jackie Robinson was the first African-American uh, player to break into Major League Baseball. There was Negro Leagues before that, but as far as Major League Baseball, Jackie Robinson was the very first player that came in. And when he came in in 1947 with the Brooklyn Dodgers, he was treated horribly by fans, by players, by coaches. He was called the N-word. Players threatened to boycott, and they said, we're not even going to play in games that he's in. The media was against him. I mean, it was just, it was horrible, the things that were being said. He had threats from, you know, just random people, death threats that you can't keep playing. The players themselves, they would often get, you know, physical with him during the game. You know, Major League Baseball players, their, their cleats that they wear have metal spikes on the bottom. And eventually, Jackie Robinson ended up being a, a second baseman. His first year, he played first base, but in the rest of his career, he was a second baseman. And a lot of times, guys would go sliding in the second base with their cleats high in the air, trying to get them in the leg. In fact, at one point, a guy did, and he had a seven-inch gash on his leg. Now, how many of you have seen the movie 42, which talks about Jackie Robinson's life? Anybody? Yeah, a couple people have seen that. Great movie about his, his life. And I want you to watch this uh, scene from 42 that recounts an incident that happened in Jackie's first year in Major League Baseball as he was playing first base. Take a look at this. They call him country, scorers hitless in four trips. Climate Casey in his second inning relief. This game is just as tight as a new pair of shoes on a rainy day. Casey goes into his windup. Slaughter hits a hot ground ball right at Reese, who fires it over to Jack at first. Robinson is down. Slaughter spiked him high up on the leg, and he is down. Damn it, Slaughter! 
If anybody had the right to be offended, to want to seek revenge, to, to be bitter about a situation, it was Jackie Robinson. But yet he didn't take that bait. There in the, the clip, he says, no, 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 don't, don't seek revenge. Don't seek retaliation. Overlook that offense. He says, just, just get the guy, next guy out. Just, just get him out. And it was because of his willingness to, to do things like this, that Jackie Robinson went on to shine, to be made magnificent. He went on to have a Hall of Fame career. In fact, his number 42 that he wore is the only number in all of Major League Baseball that every single team has retired the number. Most teams, if they have a, a great player, like you know my favorite player growing up, Cal Ripken, number eight for the Orioles, the Orioles eventually retired his number eight. But other players throughout Major League Baseball wear the number eight. But with Jackie Robinson, every single team in Major League Baseball retired the number 42. He shined because he was able to overlook the offense that came his way. And eventually, Jackie was inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame. Number three, to overlook an offense means I must pass by or step over it. And that's exactly what we just saw Jackie Robinson do there in the clip. Remember, the, the image that we're having for the series is that there's a bear trap lying there on the ground. And we don't want to step in the bear trap. What do we want to do? We want to step over the bear trap. Or we want to walk around the bear trap. We don't want to get caught any longer. The, the Hebrew word here is a bar, and it literally means that you've seen this trap. It looks painful. It looks harmful to you. And then you consciously make this decision to step over or go around. Now, I know what many of you are thinking. You're going, Gilbert, I want to get revenge. I want to give that person peace of my mind. Just seems so weak if I just, like, step over it or go around it. But let me put the image for you a little bit differently in your mind. Who is the weak one? The one who steps in the trap and gets caught in it or the one that goes around it? Who is it? Online, who is it? Who's the weak one? The one that steps in it. And so we can't take this bait that Satan is always throwing out there for us. You don't always have to defend yourself. You don't always have to take the bait. I saw a, a Facebook sort of post, it was a, a quote, and a lot of people take credit for this quote, so I just, I'm going to give it to you as author unknown, because who knows who originally came up with it, but here's what it says, you don't have to explain yourself to anyone because your friends don't need it, and your enemies won't believe you. Now, I'm not saying that you never, ever respond, 
But if you do respond, you always do it with a spirit of love and a spirit of grace, which then leads to the fourth point I want to make, and that is to step over an offense, I have to assume the best. You know, when you're offended, you have two options. You could assume the worst about the person. You could accuse them that they're mean, that they're terrible, or you can assume the best about their intentions. Solomon also writes in Proverbs, this is in chapter 10, verse 12, hatred stirs up conflicts, but what? But love covers all offenses. And so, you know, the next time you get cut off in traffic, instead of doing your typical, you idiot, I hope you get hemorrhoids. Or become a Penn State fan, which is basically the same thing, right? Um, anybody offended? Just checking. See, see, this is working. This is good. <laughs> but no, no, the next time that, that you're cut off in traffic, instead of assuming the worst and saying the worst about the person, start to assume the best. Start to think, well, what is it that may be happening that this person is in such a hurry? Maybe they have a sick child in the car. And they need to rush home. Maybe it's a, a husband with his pregnant wife and her water's broken and they're on the rush to the hospital. See, a lot of times we want to go right to what is the absolute worst intentions this person could have. But we've always got to assume the very best. Most of the time, people aren't trying to intentionally hurt you in any way. They're not trying to offend you. You know, the next time your coworker rubs you the wrong way, instead of thinking, they're a terrible human being, how could anybody ever act like that? Start to ask yourself questions of, well, why may they be acting like that? You know, maybe, maybe they have a rough situation going on at home right now, and they're really stressed out, and, and that bad situation has nothing to do with them. But now they're carrying all that hurt and all that baggage into the workplace. And hurt people end up hurting people. And so and instead of snapping at them, instead of seeking retaliation, instead of getting in the, the, the water cooler, you know, and, and talking to your other coworkers about how bad this person is, and you're just gossiping and going on and on and on, maybe now you just take this attitude of, wow, I need to pray for this person because obviously they've been hurt in some way. Now, again, if somebody is hurting you, that, that doesn't excuse their behavior. But remember what I said earlier. You can't avoid offense, but you do get a choice of how you're going to respond to it. So we can't dwell on these things. We, we can't hold on to them. Life is too short to hang on to offenses and to dwell on these things. And so with a, a spirit and an attitude of love that always assumes the best about people's intentions, what will end up happening for you is your stress levels are going to go down and your joy is going to go up. Finally then, number five, to overlook an offense will require patience. There's one final part here of Proverbs 19.11 we haven't looked at, and that is the little part that talked about patience, that it's a person's wisdom that brings patience. The Hebrew word here is arak, and it means to be long, to draw something out, to prolong, to endure, to slow down. I want you to think about what happens when you get angry. 
what, what does your faith, in fact, why don't you turn to the person next to you, and those of you online, do this with the people there that you're watching. Turn to the person next to you and give them your best angry face. And Molly, you can give me your best angry face. Give me your angry Oh, man, don't, Molly. You're t- no, don't. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead, give, go ahead. And, and keep looking at each other. Give each other your angry face. What, and, and look at what happens physically to the face. What happens to the eyes? They, they squint, right? What happens to the forehead? It, it, it wrinkles up. What happens to the nose? The, the nostrils start to, to flare out, right? And what this is talking about here is to be long in the face. You're not scrunched up with your eyes. You're long in the eyes. Your, your forehead isn't wrinkled up. It's long in the forehead. Your nose isn't all or flared up and scrunched. It's long in the nose. That's what patience is. You're long in endurance. You are long suffering. Patience means that it takes a long time and a lot of things for you to be offended. Now, why is this important? Well, remember, patience is a part of the fruit of the Spirit. We've talked about the fruit of the Spirit before. Remember, it's not the fruits of the Spirit This isn't something that you're necessarily working on yourself. This is the evidence that you truly are genuinely following Jesus, that you really do have a relationship with him, that when you truly have asked for his forgiveness, you truly asked him to to take control of your life, his spirit comes now and lives inside of you. And the natural thing that will come out of you is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Nine attributes that come out of you. It is a fruit that comes out of you. Not fruits, it's a single fruit that comes out. And think about what we're talking about here today with offense. That the fruit of when you're offended is, you go, love. Oh no, I still have joy. I still have peace. I still have patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And so this whole thing of how do you do when somebody offends you is actually a very good barometer of how your faith is doing. Do you truly have the fruit of the Spirit or not? And so we've got to be patient. We've got to learn how to step over the offense. Whether it's in your family, it's in your marriage, in your job, in your school, in your church, Facebook posts, things people put on Twitter. You've got to learn to overlook it. You can't respond to everything. So as we wrap up here today, here's what I want you to do. Go ahead and close your eyes. Close your eyes. And I want you to bring to mind that person or that situation that right now has you so offended. I want you to visualize it as best as you can. And I want you to see yourself there. And you're looking at that situation, and you can see that, oh, wow, there's a bear trap right there. And now I want you to see yourself growing and rising above that that you're bigger than the situation. You're bigger than that trap. And I want you to see yourself stepping over it or stepping around it. 
And as you see yourself doing that, I want you to see yourself walking away from it. It's now behind you. And now look back over your shoulder at it and realize it's in your past. You've let it go. It's not going to harm you any longer. It's not going to hurt you. You're free. Again, Solomon says, a person's wisdom brings patience. It's to one's glory to overlook an offense. Let's pray together. Father, thank you that your word is so filled with wisdom. And even scriptures like this one that that talks about what true wisdom looks like. Lord, in this one little short verse, a verse that I hope that many of us will end up memorizing, there's just so much there to unpack. And you give us the key for how to overlook these offenses, how to step over, how to step around them. And so, Lord, I pray for each and every person that's here with us today, every person that's watching online. Lord, no matter what they came in here with today, no matter what they were offended by, that, Lord, they've let it go. That it's done. That Satan is not going to get the victory. That you're going to help them to avoid that trap forever. And Lord, there's a lot of times traps from the past, but as we talked about, every single day there's opportunities for us to be offended. So help us to live wise lives going forward. Help us to always assume the best. Help us to always look for ways to get over or around the trap. Lord, help us to be long-suffering, to truly have patience. And to love others in the same way that you loved us. Because even though we offended you with our sin, you still showed us love and grace and mercy. And so help us to do the same with others that come into our lives. Again, Jesus, thank you that you did that for us. Help us to do it now for others. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.